Today on the LA Food Podcast, I'm your host, Lucas Servodio, coming to you with an episode that is guaranteed to make you scream, No! That's right, dear listener, we're headed to Los Angeles' Temple of Soccer, BMO Stadium, home of Los Angeles FC, to break down how to achieve the best day of eating in and around the stadium. Friend of the pod, Daniel Wargo, who you might know as forking around on social media, joined me this past Saturday for a day of food, fun, and football as we attended the white-hot rivalry match between LAFC and the LA Galaxy. The game was beyond intense, but so was our commitment to finding the best way to make your day at the stadium an unforgettable eating experience as well. We break down the best places to eat before the game, what to nosh on when you're inside the stadium, and where to head for a late night feast once the game's all said and done. We also tell you about her experience at the game itself, so get ready for uh, tales of hypnotic drum patterns, electrifying on-field heroics, and a pretty hairy but also wildly hilarious altercation Daniel and I had with a half-naked LA Galaxy supporter. Whether or not you're a soccer fan, I think this episode is a great reminder of what makes Los Angeles such a fun and exciting place to live, and it all culminates with a round of our trademark game, The Perfect Wreck, in which I challenge Daniel to offer the perfect recommendation for where to eat around all of LA's greatest sports venues. How does he fare? Listen to find out. Without further ado, let's chow down. Returning to the podcast today is a man who forks. It's Daniel Wargo, a.k.a. Forking Around. Daniel, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be back. Welcome back, man. How's your day going? It's great. It's awesome. It's a Tuesday, but it's kind of like my Friday because I don't work tomorrow. Uh, so I'm feeling real good. Have you eaten anything good today? Today, uh I'm not going to lie to you. I I had one of those um, Trader Joe's butter chicken things for lunch. It's, you know, for like four bucks. It's a nice little, nice little lunch. Yeah, you could do worse. Do you have any plans for your your day off? Uh, Oil change first thing in the morning. Um, It's it's kind of an errand day. Unfortunately, things have been piling up and that's what's going to have to happen. I saw from your social media recently that you finally were able to try Leven, the uh, newly acclaimed bakery here that just opened in Los Angeles. Yeah. Fine. Uh, what were your thoughts on those cookies? They're amazing. Although I will say I have been eating them since like 2011, back when I lived in New York. So it is a longtime favorite of mine, but I finally was able to attack them here in my own city. And that feels better than anything, I got to say. Better or worse than you remembered? Better. It's better because I'm home, you know? Mm-hmm. There's something yeah. about doing it in New York because you can, you take it to the park. You know, we would go to the one on like 74th or something and then take it over to the park. You know, it's a nice afternoon, but like, man, I brought, I have a whole box of cookies over there at my own house. That's, that's luxury right there. Yeah, it is. <laughs> What's your favorite flavor? I love the, uh, the peanut butter chocolate one. I, I don't know why I, I'm a. I'm a bit of a walnut fan. I'm not usually a walnut fan, but the mm-hmm. chocolate chip walnut for these ones, I think works really well. So that it's that was my, much. yeah, that's my poison of choice when it comes to Levan. But the peanut butter chocolate is a very solid choice. Yes, I You're am. You're a sports fan, right? Yeah. Big time. What are, Big what are, time. What are your sports of choice? Uh, baseball, uh, 
football and then proper football, as I also call it, uh, soccer. Um, you know, those are kind of my top three these days. I, I don't, I do not discriminate though. I love, uh, you know, basketball and hockey. And I just started learning about tennis and I'm like, I can't, I don't have time for another sport, but tennis is amazing. So here we are. Tennis is awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Tennis is awesome. Uh, my wife has become obsessed with this like vlogger who is the girlfriend of a famous tennis player Mm. and her like behind the scenes footage of the tennis tournament specifically is a pretty enticing like advertisement for just going and chilling at tennis tournaments. Mm. Like, you know, you don't have to watch all of the game. You can kind of bounce around between the games, have some nice cocktails, take in the atmosphere. It seems, it kind of seems like the Coachella of sports events. That sounds amazing. Honestly. The reason I ask you about sports so abruptly is because you and I had a sporting experience this weekend. We went to uh, El Trafico, the game between LAFC and LA Galaxy at BMO Stadium. We did. And I mean, I thought it was a hoot, but uh, let me begin by asking you, did you have fun? W- would you hang out with me again? I would hang out with you again. That I was most worried about that, but, <laughs> but that was cool. You're a good hang. And uh, no, we had a blast. Like it was so fun. It was your first soccer game, right? Uh, first, first MLS game. MLS. I might have seen one in the '90s, but it was indoor. Was MLS indoor in the '90s? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> well, I definitely went to an indoor soccer game in the '90s. Uh, but other than that, no, that was my first MLS game. So what do you? What's your take on like U.S. soccer? Had you been following it, or were you kind of like I, I, I'm into the Premier League, but not quite ready to get down with the MLS just yet? I think I'm a little bit on the edge of that. Like I pay attention because it's my city, you know. So I like to support teams from my city, and um, but in general, I had kind of a little bit of a downward look at the MLS. I I will say. Uh, I only got into soccer a few years ago and really it was, you know, like the Premier League and just the whole system of soccer in the in Europe and honestly the rest of the world and how that works is what was really enticing for me. So to not have that element, like there's no relegation here or promotion, there's no like, there's no stakes here, you know, other than bragging rights. Um, yeah. That, that was hard for me to kind of like, you have to just love the game here almost. Yeah, right. or you just have to love the experience of going to a game. Right. Like so when when MLS first started picking up here, I think it probably would have been like the late 2000s when David Beckham came over. Mm-hmm. And I remember there being like a lot of hype around that. But really I feel like the excitement around soccer in Los Angeles kind of skyrocketed in 2018 when LAFC hit the scene, which I think just made soccer a lot more accessible to a lot of folks because you no longer had to drive down to Carson to take in a game. You could now do it downtown Los Angeles near the Coliseum and near other places where people in Los Angeles are very accustomed uh, to going for sports events like the Staples Center and, you know, that sort of like downtown sports hub. Um, yeah. So I think, I, and even when I went for the first time back then in 2018 to the LAFC game, I remember the atmosphere feeling a little bit like artificial because it was like a brand new team. There wasn't any like history to it. 
But now that it's been five years, the fans have had a chance to really like, you know, buckle down and create their own traditions. Right. The atmosphere was was pretty electric from the moment it was we even set crazy. From the moment we even set foot like around the stadium. Yeah. That's so true. It was unlike any sporting experience I've ever uh, been a part of. And maybe it's that way at any MLS game in the country. I couldn't I couldn't tell you. Maybe they're all that electric. But whatever that was, was very exciting from, well, this from was, the moment we walked through the gate. And this was a special game because it wasn't just an LAFC game. It was the local like rivalry match, as, or the, right. as they call it in soccer, the derby between LAFC and Los Angeles Galaxy, which has been effectually dubbed El Trafico. Right. And at first when we got there, you know, I was thinking there's not a whole lot of Galaxy fans here. It very, very much seems like LAFC. Of course, uh-huh. we'll talk about this later, but we did find where the LA Galaxy fans were hanging out. <laughs> we um, did. <laughs> but of course, this is a food podcast. So I wanted to quickly talk about eating and attending sports. In general, how do you like to approach eating when you're going to a sports game? Uh, generally, I like to save my appetite for the game, which I mean, I don't know why, because the food usually I won't say it's this game in particular, but usually is more on the mediocre side and expensive. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, if I go to a baseball game, I, I got to have a hot dog and I kind of want some nachos. You know, it's just yeah, it's part of the experience. Like part of the experience is spending that one hundred dollars on the food. Unfortunately, it is. Yeah. 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 Are you like a nachos in the helmet kind of guy? You know, I would love to be, but every time I see the price of those, I'm kind of like, maybe I'm not one of those kind of guys. Maybe I'm the cheese cup with the jalapenos on the side kind of nacho guy. Yeah, nothing (laughs) wrong with that. Well, it's funny you say that because a lot of people are a different kind of guy, aka the guys that like to eat before going to the stadium because they know that the price is going to be a bit of a shocker. So. I often get requests for recommendations for what to eat around stadiums before yeah. games even kick off. And I have to say, if you are looking for places to eat in and around LAFC, B- BMO Stadium as it's called, there are lots of different options. So I, I sort of broke down the options into three categories. First category being tons of street vendors around the stadium. People right. selling taquitos, really good looking tacos, really good looking uh Bacon-wrapped hot dogs, or as I call them, danger dogs, which you had never hey, heard of. I had never heard that, but those those danger dogs do good things to me and, yeah, bad, well, and bad. In contrast to me, you'd, you've actually had one before. Yes, I have. I love them. It's a, like a great, that's a great day when you see one of those guys. Yeah, it usually means you're at some sort of event where you're having fun and there are people. So it, I do appreciate them for setting the ambiance. I've just never myself dared try one but hey maybe one day we'll do an episode all around trying the danger dog why not i mean I yeah. think you you have to that's part of being an angelino yeah part of being an angelino it's sitting Just in traffic and eating danger dogs yeah um the other sort of option that's really readily accessible right by bemo is the fields which is a food hall which they mm-hmm. opened up when they opened up the stadium And it used to be open all the time and have like a permanent set of vendors, but now they have a rotating cast of vendors and they only open on game day. On the particular game day we were there, the vendors were Triple Bean Pizza, Amboy, the burger place, Mm -hmm. and Tacos Way, the taco vendor out of West Hollywood. 
Yeah. What did you What did you think about? We'll talk about the lineup, but sort of this ambiance. It's a great It's a great little spot, you know. Um, lots of seating, lots of you know. Obviously, the, the the food they do have some food there. It's just a nice. It's nice given its proximity to the stadium. Like you're literally connected to it, and so there is a place for you to kind of hang out before you go in. Um, especially if you want to get away from the craziness of all of the like fan tailgating kind of stuff that's happening out there, which is a lot of fun, but uh, it's a little more wild. Yeah, there's an absolutely insane like fan zone that happens in the like grass patch outside of BMO. And that is that is absolutely crazy. There's like drums, dancing, everybody's like uh drinking out in public like we're in New Orleans or something. And I was absolutely here for it. But uh it was it was I it's not maybe where you would go if you have like a family to like hang right. out, right? The field screams more like family friendly. Like this is where you go and like sit down, you know, get the get the kids a slice of pizza, triple beam. You you and uh, your partner get a nice beer and sort of like just chill out before the game actually happens. I like the fields. I just thought the environment was maybe a little bit sterile. Like it yeah. was like it's not where the action is, right? Like it's no, it's yeah. even for the most like heated rivalry game of the season, it was a pretty like quiet, subdued environment in there. I thought absolutely. I will say it gives, and I'm not. I'm not I'm going to preface this by saying I don't mean this in a bad way, but it kind of gives hospital cafeteria vibes a little bit. <laughs> I'm not sure <laughs> how you could construe that as anything other than a this. It's like there is beer, you know, but yeah. it almost feels like there's a li- it's a little too quiet. Yeah, in there, a little too know? clean as well. Like and it's clean. Like, yeah. It doesn't feel lived in at all, you know, no. like and and the other part of it is like the the food vendors themselves i think are forced to sell their product in a way that can be churned out very quickly so they just have these like pizzas and burgers and tacos sitting under heat lamps mm-hmm. i cannot imagine that they're any good yeah i don't it's not i don't think i would choose to eat there personally but you know i will say you're probably getting a similar quality to anything you're getting in the stadium because the same things happening there where it's like they're churning it out ready to eat. I don't it's know. interesting. We were talking to a chef actually about this, and he was saying that that's part of the challenge when you take any sort of restaurant that has a brick and mortar elsewhere and try to replicate that experience at the stadium right. is you just you can't replicate it. You need to find like new hacks, maybe try a new menu or something because mm-hmm. you need hot and ready food to serve. Um, you you can't have like a line at at the stadium. Apparently there was uh Chica's Tacos which was mm-hmm. at the LAFC stadium when it first opened and they t- attempted to have a sort of like taco building line in their kitchen and uh, even that just like tortilla meat and toppings was was too much and too time intensive to serve their product which is right. which blew my mind. Yeah, that's a, it's a, it's surprising to hear that, but you know, it kind of makes sense because at a game you know, I mean, usually the fan like the those 30 minutes before kickoff or first pitch or whatever are kind of like go time for food and beer, you know. And so how many thousands of people need to be fed or at least get their food in those 30 minutes? It's it's an insane ask. 
Um, yeah. So it makes sense. Would be a great like Food Network challenge show. Like who can come up with the best concept for stadium food and who can like execute on it most like ex- excellently. You know, it's like the great food yeah. truck race, but like the great stadium food race or something. Yeah, yeah. They should, they should do an episode or a challenge of that for Top Chef this year. That's what I'm I'm going to pitch. I'm pitching that right now. Or you're pitching that. We're pitching that right here. Yeah. Top chef. We're pitching magical elves. If you're listening, (laughs) this is our pitch. Well, I will say if you're going to do it in any city, it feels like Wisconsin or I'm sorry, Milwaukee and Wisconsin in general is a good place because they're crazy about sports. You know? Yeah. They got, well, they don't have a lot else to do there. Yeah. So it's like sports and cheese and beer, right? (laughs) Pretty sure. I've never been, but I'm pretty sure that that's what you do there. Beer and cheese and sports. And fighting off the cold and the uh, existential dread of dying someday, the which you do anywhere, to be fair. So <laughs> a little bit less here, though, I think. Yeah, when you're surrounded by the sunshine and the the beach, like you kind of get distracted from that existential <laughs> dread. Exactly. The uh, real hack, though, if you're going to go to LAFC Stadium and you want some good food before the stadium experience, you don't want to spend that money. You don't want to wait in those lines. You don't want to like settle for lackluster food is to go to Mercado La Paloma, which is one of the best places to eat any day of the week, but especially on game day. It's a food hall that's maybe like 10 to 15 minute walk from the stadium. And not only does it have excellent food, it's also home to the LA Times restaurant of the year, Holbosch. Now I've spoken a lot about Holbosch, so I won't bore you, dear listener, again with my uh, fawning praise of of this restaurant. So I'm going to let Daniel tell you what he thought of this restaurant. Amazing! I is my first time having it. Um, tried two different tacos there, so I didn't get the full, you know, that full tasting course menu, which is high on my list. But uh, that wasn't that wasn't the you know the day to do it. So. Um, yeah, I loved it. I love the tacos, love the process, the just the story of the place, you know. And also I listened I've listened to your goings on about it on the podcast for for months and your interview with the chef, which was awesome. And uh so you kind of just feel like you get a lot I don't know, that story, the story of it ties in. It comes deeply. through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to be fair, you wouldn't necessarily want the tasting experience on game day because, yeah, you'd get to the stadium and like the game would be over. But be also like uh, you'd probably get there a little heavier than you'd want to in the first place. So stopping there for a couple tacos is really the ideal way to do it. And the tacos we had were their um, compachi, like they're like smoked compachi quesadilla, which, you know mind-blowingly good like with yes, that peanut yes. salsa matcha oh just like beautiful yeah incredible and we had their pulpo and sutinta the octopus the like crispy octopus that's like served over a sofrito that's stained if you will with uh the ink of the squid so it really gets that like marine flavor and i mean that one-two punch of tacos before a soccer game i, I think that's like cheating it's it's a beautiful meal to have before a game. Yeah. And the only knock I would have on Mercado La Paloma is that you can't drink there, which feels like the one thing you want to do at a mm-hmm. stadium before like before going to watch a soccer game. But you sure. know what? You, you have those tacos, you bring a bring a couple beers with you or you purchase them from one of the vendors who are like posted outside of the uh outside of the stadium, probably yeah. not selling them legally, but but selling them nonetheless. Yeah. 
and uh, you just, you know, have a post taco beer right outside the stadium. That that would be my shout for what, the ideal way to pregame the stadium experience. I think it is the right way to do it. A couple tacos there, head right on over, then start drinking. Start drinking and, uh, you know, taking some of the atmosphere. There's like drums and craziness happening outside of the stadium. There's a bunch of interesting characters. The one really interesting thing about this is that in the short time that LAFC has existed, LAFC fans and LA Galaxy have sparked a fierce rivalry. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was a little worried when we got there that it wasn't going to be as fierce as I thought because every time we like saw some LAFC and LA Galaxy fans and we asked them like, yo, what do you think of LA Galaxy fans or what do you think of LAFC fans? For the most part, they were like, they're chill. I'm chill with them. I have friends who are Galaxy fans. You know, I have friends who are... So I was like, oh my God, what kind of a rivalry is this? You know, Mm -hmm. there's no like hatred or vitriol or anything like i'm sure if i asked you what do you think of giants fans or padres fans you'd probably have some choice words right yes i will have choice words but i don't have choice words for the angels so i guess it makes sense in that in that regard like they are the closest team to me and i'm not gonna sit here and badmouth them because i don't really care is that because the angels have never been a threat Mm, no no, well, I think there's there's an element of that. You know, they're not, but they, you know, when I was a kid, not to go too deep into the weeds here, but they won the World Series in like 02 or 03, and the the Dodgers won the World Series in 88. That was their last time before 2020, and I was born in 89. So, like, there was no, the Dodgers were not good when I was a child. It wasn't until the past 10 or 11 years that they've been good. Uh, or they yeah. weren't good in the 80s and the 70s, and you know, but there was a, a real tough spot in there. So they were good. You know, the Angels had that on me. You know, my my buddies would always be like, well, we won a World Series, you know. Yeah. Well, it, then, then to me, it's deranged that you don't have more hatred for the Angels because like, you know, I come from soccer culture. And if a team so much as looks at you the wrong way, you... <laughs> immediately curse their entire family and anybody who came before them, whether or not they supported the team. <laughs> That's you know? totally fair. And I love that. I think, I think though you get a little, and this is going to sound so terrible. I don't even care. I'm a Dodger fan. I love it. This, <laughs> when you are as good as the Dodgers are, when your team is that good for so many years, you, you develop some humility and you respect, you know, I'm like, ah, oh, I, I want the angels to do well. If the, if the Dodgers were still bad, I would be on a totally different wavelength. Yeah. Well, that must be why it's sort of like, you know what it feels like to be there. So you're still kind of like, oh my God, I can't even believe we're here at the pinnacle of Mount Everest. So right. I'm, I might as well just enjoy it and not waste yeah. my time. Just like, you know, talking shit about other teams. Right. So that makes Ask sense me in 10 years. It could be different. Yeah. Could be different. Could be different. Well, speaking of that heated rivalry, when we got into the stadium, it was a completely different story. So our seats were pretty good. We got them last minute on StubHub. Shout out Mm -hmm. StubHub. Um, Thank you for sponsoring this podcast someday. (laughs) And uh, we found even the cheapest seats were pretty good. They were like on the lower level, which I thought was, uh, was a feature, not a bug. I thought that was like, you know, where you wanted to sit during an LAFC LA Galaxy game. Turns out it's not the best place to sit because <laughs> sitting above us were some pretty angry LA Galaxy fans. Um, as the game progressed, 
LAFC started to to win, and by the time you know the the, the clock was ticking down, the score was like four two for LAFC, and the LA Galaxy fans were uh, were doing some interesting things to us. Yeah, it got crazy. I will. I mean, like we have to point out that we were seated directly below the drummer for the LA <laughs> Galaxy. Like that's that's why that we got the cheapest tickets, which were still not that cheap. But no. the cheapest tickets were they knew that the drummer was going to be right above us, and yeah. we didn't. <laughs> the noise pollution itself, uh, like alone, would have you know taken down the ticket by fifty percent. Yeah, and then you add the fact that. When you so much look at the LA Galaxy fans, even if you're not one of the deranged LAFC fans who are like mm-hmm. yelling obscenities and stuff like mm-hmm. that, you know, I was just looking up out of curiosity. And one of the LA Galaxy fans makes eye contact with me, assumes yeah. that because I'm looking up, I'm some sort of, you know, hater. I'm not, <laughs> by the way, I'm not wearing any LAFC swag or anything. Right. He is wearing a he is wearing a face covering, not like a COVID face covering, not like a I'd look after myself face covering. He was wearing like a I'm about to commit a crime face covering. Yeah, like a biker gang in the desert face covering. Yeah, and yeah. he's also not wearing a shirt, which no. is uh, you know, um it's weird uh, why it's, cover up one and not the other, I don't understand. Totally. Clearly uh the sun was not his foe. It was it was uh being recognized. Um he sees that I'm making eye contact with him and he pulls down his biker gang mask. And, uh, I'm like, surely he, surely he's not going to spit at me. Sure. No, there's no way. Right. Like we're surely we're not at a place in this world where like you just see someone looking at you and, and then you spit on surely enough, this man loads up and proceeds to hawk one on me. Big fat, Big fat one, right? No, and it was one of those things where I was in so much shock. I don't think I don't think I couldn't move. Like I I couldn't have dodged it. You know, like yeah, I was rooted in place, and it hit me square in the head. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, needless to say, we thought there wasn't going to be an experience, but there was an experience. There was a real atmosphere in that stadium, and and you and I got caught up in it. We did, yeah, and I eventually, I, I missed a little bit of something. I saw him start to go off at you a little bit, but I was like, it's not real, you know, and so I kind of turned my attention back to the game, and I'm kind of looking up and over, you know, and so I missed the whole spit altercation, and yeah. then you were kind of starting to talk back to him because yes. there was obviously that, you know, that's frustrating. Yeah, what happened is, you know, I I became a different person in that moment. Like I <laughs> I saw red, you know, like I uh-huh. wasn't an LAFC fan, but after I got spit on, I became the most ardent LAFC fan and began began ridiculing this man and everything that he stood for. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, I mean I, I will say like not it's not conduct I'm proud of, but it, I think it's just because I, I am so um, removed from that environment in Europe. Like it's totally normal in Europe to like yell obscenities and uh, personal attacks at <laughs> of other teams. And it's uh-huh. so not okay here. Can you imagine doing that at a Dodger game? People right. would be like, yo, there are kids around. You, you should yeah. leave. But yeah, yeah. the thing is, there were kids around us and they were some of the most obscene people out there. There was they craziness. Yeah, yelling up at the, yelling up, yelling things that I words that I still don't think I fully comprehend, but they 
they had command of them. There and was a lot of that. A lot of fingers flying around, middle fingers, other gestures, which I think they must have learned on TikTok or something. So mm-hmm. it made me feel less bad because the kids were the ones really leading the charge. <laughs> yeah. So I, I got into it, got into it with this guy and he kept mimicking like you, me outside, you, me uh-huh. outside. Um, <laughs> and, and that's, like that's, the, when, that's when I tuned in really. I yeah. was like, something's happening here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Daniel was like, Daniel tuned in because it started to uh, threaten his security as well. And so that's when we sort of like, I started avoiding eye contact and just, you know, Trying but to I did on the game. one last thing because I didn't know I didn't know the full extent. I actually couldn't even hear what you were saying, um, and so you did say though to me, "He spit on me," and I was like, "Like what? 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 Where are we?" You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> and so I just kind of referenced the fact that he was like myself, not in the best shape, and had his shirt off. Yeah, and yeah. I started kind of gesturing towards his rather large man boobs. And yeah. uh, then I got spit on. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, look, yeah, I appreciate it because you, you entered for me. Like you, you came in, you saw, yeah. you saw your brother down and you, uh, you were like no man left behind and you came in and you tried your best. Um, it, it is funny to me, just like what we do in these moments of like necessity, like what we resort to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that, you know, you and I both kind of stooped to his level and I'm, I'm not proud of it, but you know what? I think that's just part of having the full LAFC LA galaxy experience. Apparently. It was part of the thing. And you know what? It wasn't like, Oh, th- this is minute two. This is like towards the end. We're in the second half. We've had a lot of beer spilled on us from those fans <laughs> up there. Yeah, it's true. Like a lot. And I'm ready to take the drummers mallets and do things that I, that are not legal with them. Like that's where I'm at in my head at this time. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. No. I mean, I do think the drums alone are enough to drive you insane through the, like, even if, even if you weren't provoked at all, mm-hmm. just the sort of mental toll of listening to those drums over and over again. First of all, it's not like we're dealing with like the drummer from rush here. It's not like they're switching up the drum patterns or anything. It's one beat for about, an hour and a half minimum two hours no breaks <laughs> and they were going before the game you almost get into this like trance you know it's like it's like a it's like a violent trance it's it's uh it's that's pretty much what happened to us so look uh, you you kind of get the experience dear listener I, I would highly recommend going because i do think it is like the uh closest you can get to experiencing a european soccer game it, but i want to touch quickly on the food because we did do yeah. a lap of BMO stadium to see sort of what their food offerings are. Yeah. What did you think of the actual offerings inside the stadium? Not bad. You know, there was a, there was a, a seemed to be a good collection. Like it's not a huge, huge place. I mean, it's 20, I think it seats 28,000. I heard, I heard that on messy day cause it was full. Um, and so, you know, that's a lot of people obviously, but when you think about, you know, something like SoFi being about four times as big as that, you know, it's not, is you put it into that kind of perspective and you know there was maybe 10 or 12 like spots and they had a few like names you might recognize like trejo's tacos has a booth there and there was what that vegan hot chicken spot yeah chickies wolfies. Or wolfies and <laughs> chickies chickies makes more sense <laughs> like chickies uh, if that's not already a hot chicken chain just wait because i'm gonna it, is, it I'm, will be i Forking just started around. it 
forking around in series cookies. A right now or angel investment. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> hot chickies. Uh, yeah, but no, it seemed good. And what we got was good too, which was more of like the stadium food. Yeah, we wanted to try some of their like signature stadium foods that you might not find at other stadiums. Because I'm I'm personally fascinated by like what stadiums come up with. Like mm-hmm. every year when like the baseball season starts, I love those articles that are like, "Oh, here are all the new exciting dishes at at uh, Dodger Stadium." Because right. honestly, they come up with some wacky shit. They like yeah. you know crunch up Cheetos and put them on soft serve and then like, you know, right. put them on a burger. <laughs> so and then gross. like, you know, it, it's, it's, it really reminds me of that show, um, man versus food with Adam Richmond. I don't know if mm-hmm. you ever watched it, yeah. but like where he goes and just eats ridiculous things. And it reminds me of that. And it, it's sort of like this wonderful American excess. And so, you know, yeah. Every time I go to Dodger Stadium, I vow to myself, I'm going to try one of those ludicrous foods. Of course, I never do. I always gravitate towards the hot dog and the garlic fries. Yeah. But I like what I like. At LAFC Stadium, I don't have the same problem because I don't have a Dodger dog or garlic fries calling my there name. There is no that. So yeah. Plus, I we was got ready. there early. Like, we had time. Yeah. We didn't have to rush our food, food option. Yeah, so we got to we literally took stock of everything that was in there and we're mm-hmm. like, okay, the things that are calling our names are the barbacoa nachos mm-hmm. and the loaded yuca fries. Yes. I got to say, I was a big fan of those yuca fries. I thought they I've, really worked in the stadium environment. 100%. I've thought about them at least 4 times since Saturday. They were they get better in my mind every time. Yeah. Uh, those pickled onions on top. I, to get pickled onions at a stadium on top of a yuca fry with beans and guacamole and nacho oh, cheese. Yeah. Come on, it worked, guys. It wasn't even like the nasty nacho cheese. It was like the good stuff. It was I, like, good. It was good. And like the yuca fries themselves, like they held up really nicely. Like even when they started to get a little cooler, mm-hmm. they still had that sort of like steakhouse fry thing going on. That's what they on tasted the, like. Yeah. I, I thought that was a really like smart play by by yeah. the kitchen there by by the by Aramark or whoever makes their food. Um it's awesome. Yeah, so I really appreciate that. The the barbacoa nachos I think were I'd say they were pretty mid, but they weren't bad. Yeah. Like they were I think when you're thinking about a stadium nacho, yeah. They're in the higher end of that. Yeah. But they're lower yeah. than a Taco Bell nacho, which I love. But That's fair. I've you never know. had a Taco Bell nacho, believe it or not. Oh my God. I've been having them since kid, I was a kid. And they, they just get better and better in my head. Really? I feel like typically foods like that get worse and worse as you age. Yeah. Taco Bell and me have a, a really, really strange love affair going on. It's, yeah. The flame has never died. It's equally as, as good as it was the first time I, 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 I you know, entered it. <laughs> that. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to make this podcast X rated now. Thanks for that, Daniel. Yeah. Well, what are you? What are you, you did mention when we ordered those that you're a huge nacho guy. What are your favorite nachos besides Taco Bell? Love. Uh, so I, I'm a big fan of a ballpark style nacho, which people have a problem with because you know it's not a, it's not Mexican when you add ballpark nacho cheese on there. But sorry, it tastes good. So. Uh, one of my favorites is from La Plancha on West Third. They mm-hmm. also have a location in Venice. They have these things called the Jimmy Nachos. They're exceptional. 
Wow. Um, yeah. And you can make it Supremo where they add some guacamole and sour cream and, you know, oof, I could go all day about those. Those are probably my favorite. That sounds, yeah. When I think of why our ancestors immigrated to this country, I think that's why. That's why they did it. That so is why. Have, yeah. So we could have those nachos. Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> The the nachos that stick out in my mind from my history with nachos, and by the way, my wife and I went through like a period a few years ago where we saw nachos on the menu. We were getting them come hell or high water, mm-hmm. and um, we were even making them at home like multiple nights a week till the point like we looked at each other and we're like, we're gonna have to stop this someday, right? <laughs> and uh, and we did. We eventually stopped it, but um, the nachos during that blissful time period that really stick out in my mind. We're at a, we're at Pappy and Harriet's in Pioneer Town. Have you heard of this place? All of those words I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, Joshua Tree, right? Familiar uh, with okay. it? Okay, yes. It's like urban, but out, I'm familiar. Yeah, out in the desert, nice little nice little national park we got there. And mm-hmm. to the north of Joshua Tree, there's a, there's a town called Pioneer Town, and all of the like you know cool Instagrammy people like to go to this saloon called Pappy and Harriet's. It's a place that used to be kind of just like a, you know, run of the mill saloon with crappy food. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, it's since become a really cool spot to the point where they like get big bands coming through and playing shows there. Like just to like, say they played at Pappy and Harriet's and they've also like upped their food game. And one of the items that is really good are these nachos they have, which you might not like this. This is going to be controversial, but they're not on traditional tortilla chips. They're like on massive, massive chips. It's like mm. it's like it's almost like they took like a big flour tortilla or something uh-huh. and dunked it in the in the like frying oil, and it emerged as this like beautiful like cr- like crunchy, delicious tostada esque thing. Uh-huh. Um, and they load that with like all of the fixins. And yeah. you just you just break off little pieces of it, right? Uh-huh. And it's or you can just attack it thing. like a nacho pizza, right? Um, right. Honestly, spectacular. Worth the two hour drive alone, in my opinion. Interesting. That sounds that sounds interesting. I I think I've only the only kind of time I've ever had nachos like that is from like TGI Fridays back in the day. I don't even know if they do them like that anymore. Or Chili's. Yeah. I think it's like yeah. a I think that's like a Tex Mex style of doing it. Hmm. I'm not sure hmm. though, but. That's interesting. I definitely am going to need to go to Pioneer Town uh, once we get into fall and I can not have to deal with uh, the 95 degree heat out there. Yeah, that's smart. That's that's the time to go. That is the time yeah. to go. Well, that, w- that was a detour because uh, because what I really wanted to know is uh, we, we were at the game. We had these nachos, right? Mm-hmm. And the game eventually ended. And yep. we exited the stadium. Thankfully, we did not. Uh, we did not run into the gentleman who was uh, threatening to beat me up, and uh, we got to our car safe and sound. Mm-hmm. Of course, we were still hungry because we're we're disgusting people. We can be honest about that, right? Yeah. And um, we're like, okay, where do we go eat? Now there are lots of good taquerias around there. There's uh, Los Huichos down. Uh, a few blocks south from there there's tire shop taqueria which is also fantastic um but we had had holbosch before the meal so we want something a little bit different so Mm -hmm. i suggested that we go to the las vegas of los angeles aka koreatown what are your thoughts on koreatown in general one of the best places in la 
if not the and best. I think it's up there, dude. Most slept it's on for sure. Definitely top five in terms of nightlife, food, culture, people, excitement. It's top five. You could go out on a Wednesday night in Koreatown and not have any plans. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you wake up the next morning and you've had the best night of your life unplanned. Yep. 100%. Yeah. We did have a plan though, because I had been dreaming for a while about returning to one of my favorite restaurants in Koreatown, Sunong Dan, which I think is the best place to get a late night bite, especially if you're a meat eater. Um, it is this, they have a couple locations now, but the OG or the one I always go to is at the corner of 6th Street in Alexandria in a strip mall. And they're famous for their Kalbi Jim, which is a Korean short rib stew. Your first time having this bad boy. Oh no, you had had this one time before, right? I'd had it at a at a different restaurant, but the, I've had the dish before, actually recently. Yeah. So this is my second time almost back to back having it. Um, and it's it's one of my favorite dishes in the world now. But yeah, first time at Sun, Sunungdan. Kalbi Jim, as I understand it, is like a big ceremonial dish in Korea. They make it oftentimes, like your apparently your grandma will make it for you, like a sort of like a, you know, kind of like, uh, my grandma would make me lasagna as sort of this like, you know, big Sunday meal. They mm. make Kalbi Jim. And also, um, it's also apparently served on, it's not quite Thanksgiving, but it's a, a holiday-like Thanksgiving in South Korea. Um, so it's 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 a big like, you know, ceremonial holiday dish. It's a party when you're having it, right? Uh-huh. And um, I, I hear that traditionally it's a bit less... Um, quote unquote, rock and roll than we had it. Um, you know, it's a bit more like braised beef, vegetables served with rice, and that's it. The one at Sunong Dan is like that, but on crack. It's, you know, apparently got a lot more garlic than is typical. They serve it, um, if you request, with cheese, which they come to your uh, table and just torch, uh, mm-hmm. torch the living crap out of in front of your eyes as this beautiful moment of dinner theater. Um, talk to me about the experience in general. What did it make you feel? I mean, good things. It, it made <laughs> me feel good things. I will say it was a little bit unassuming because when we got there, it was pretty late. You had to walk past a bunch of other restaurants. You're getting the atmosphere of the other restaurants as you're kind of walking past them. And they all feel right in a way. And then you get to Sunandang and it is fluorescent bright. It feels like an yeah. office building at 3 p.m. <laughs> it's like a staple. Yeah, it is. It's like a staples. Yeah. So you walk yeah. in and go like, this is, um, this is wrong. Something's wrong here. And then yeah. once you're seated and you get those beers and you order the the gobby gym and you and they bring it over to your table with the the torch you're good to go you've forgotten about the lighting i uh, you've forgotten about everything you've forgotten yeah. your name you've forgotten yeah. you know where you come from where you've been and uh i don't know there's just something so gratifying about dipping your chopsticks into that big bubble and cauldron of meat that's fallen off the bone with like the potatoes that are absorbing that beautiful red liquid. It's got Mm -hmm. the cheese melted on top. So every single like dive into the cauldron is a cheese pull as well. Great for Mm -hmm. Instagram, honestly. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, between the torch and the the cheese pulls, like this is like an Instagram wet dream and you would know about that. (laughs) You just said all my, 
all the words I know a lot about in one sentence. <laughs> I, I, I meant Instagram is what I meant, but I got, no, yeah. I, I know, but yeah, this is, this is just who I am. Luca, you maybe should, you got to put a warning at the beginning for this one. Yeah, no, this is going to be like, uh, <laughs> we're put, putting this up with a big fat warning. Uh, sexual food talk. Um, sexual, well, you know, all good, all good food talk is sexual food talk. Food is sexy. Just let's just, it is. Yeah. Okay? Fact. That's facts. That's facts. Uh, what was the question? I don't, I don't think there was a question. I think oh. I was just, I think I, I, I think personally I was getting enraptured by just describing, uh, oh, I was salivating. Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. honestly was like, Oh my God, can I, yeah. how can I have that again tonight? I can't because I, I'm alone. You know, it's too much. <laughs> That's a thing, right? Uh, we're, we're big eaters. Right. And, uh, uh-huh. I, I don't think we even put down we like a quarter of that thing. Right. It. No, we could have yeah. used two more people. Like, I actually think it's almost a perfect meal if you have four people because it's like 25 bucks a pop or, or like 30 bucks a piece. And you have the, the, like one of the best meals you've ever had. I think you, yeah, I think four is right. I think you could even stretch it to five. Uh-huh. I, I know I've gone, I've gone maximum with three, and we we made a similarly embarrassing attempt at finishing it. Yeah. So I think at least four. But yeah, I mean, I got because it can be expensive if you're just going for two. I think it's like eighty four bucks, but then you add the cheese and you add the tuck, which is their like uh, rice noodles, rice. which you yeah. have to add. I mean. If you're not getting those little rice noodles, what are you doing with your life? I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even know who you are. Yeah, I know it's it's somebody that I don't want to be associated exactly. with. Exactly. <laughs> By the time you've added that on, you know you're looking at almost like a hundred dollar dish, especially when you're getting beers and stuff on the side as well. So it's right. it's not cheap. But if you go with like you know three, four other people, it starts to get more and more affordable, and I think even more and more finishable. So yeah. I, I think this is like honestly. And the fact that we didn't have to wait that long, we pretty much just walked up and got a table. We walked right in. It was Saturday night. You know, it was like 1030. That's kind of like prime time for K-Town. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we walked right in, got a table. And within 10 minutes, that thing was sitting on our table. Yeah. And the guy was really friendly who torched it. I asked him what kind of cheese is this? And he just goes cheese, which is what you always want to hear. Uh-huh. It's, it was just a fantastic experience. So, so let me ask you all in all. The day of eating at LAFC LA Galaxy. How would you rate the day of eating from a scale of one to ten? I mean, that was a ten. That's a, uh, nothing's a ten, but you put all that together, that's a ten. That's true. I mean, you if, you, if you if you if you put Holbosch, some above average yuca fries in the stadium, right. plus Sunong Dan for din for like post. Like, I mean, come on, that's insane. Like, what other city can you do that in? It's one of the best eating days I think I've ever had. Damn. Maybe the best. I'd have to think a lot about that, but it's close. Yeah, it's a special. It was a special, special day. I would do it all over again. And honestly, mm-hmm. next time we go to an LAFC state uh, game, I suggest maybe we don't do the exact same thing because it was a long ass day. But uh, yeah. we definitely need some element of that in there. Definitely. I 100% agree with you. Well, I want to finish uh, this off. By playing a little game with you that we call yeah. the perfect recommendation, the perfect rec. I haven't played it with a guest in a while, but uh, you look like the kind of guy who enjoys a game. I love a game. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. 
We're back with Daniel Wargo. We are going to play the Perfect Rec Sports Edition. So, Daniel, in case you're not familiar with this game, the way it works is I give you a situation, or in this case, a location, and you have to tell me where you would recommend those people go for their meal. Are the rules clear? The rules are clear, yeah. Okay, sounds good. This is going to be an easier version because usually I go really crazy and I'm like, you know, uh, Joe Biden got to town and he escaped the White House and nobody knows where he is. And before he gets caught, he wants one last dish and he wants pho. Where do you send him? I'm not going to go crazy like that this time. Okay. okay? I'm literally just going to say, where do you go around Dodger Stadium for a good bite? Okay, I actually get asked this question a lot and I'm always a little bit like... Uh, confused or not? Conf- I'm not confused about the question. I'm just like, oh, where should I send them? I <laughs> be like, what do you mean you go around Dodger Stadium? You go inside Dodger Stadium and you spend a hundred dollars on nachos. That's what you do. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I think that that is the right answer. But I will say, I'm going to give a few options that are generally close. The closest being Wax Paper in Frogtown for a sandwich. Um, I don't know the hours there though. They could be closed at four. I hope they're not, but I would say <laughs> go get a sandwich and actually take it into the stadium with you. They have good sandwiches there. That's uh, a good wreck. Although you know what you you know what they also have a location in Chinatown, which is even closer. So oh, you could I didn't even know that you could just get it in their Chinatown location, bring it to the stadium. Although That's perfect. We have different. We have different because when you're coming from the valley, Frogtown is how you get to the stadium. Ah, uh, okay. Well, then because Dodger st- Stadium weighs right there then maybe that's even better of a wreck because no matter what direction you're coming in, there's two ways to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So that, that one. And then I would say if you're going to go like to union station, if you're going to like go take the bus at union station, you know, like Philippe's is right there. Helen Ray's isn't far, you know, do something like that. That's good. I like that. That's, that's a perfect score on that answer. Um, okay. SoFi Stadium, you're taking in a Rams uh, a game or, dare I say, a Taylor Swift concert. Mm-hmm. Haven't been yet to SoFi. I'm going December 3rd, Browns-Rams. Uh, oh, no Nick Chubb. You're probably probably not happy about that. That was a true like devastation last night. Um, yeah. yeah, that was I'm sorry. devastating. I'm sorry. That's okay. The guy, the guy I played in my fantasy football team had Nick Chubb, though, so I, I personally was happy, but... Um, I do. My condolences do go out to you for your game watching experience. Thank you. That's okay. I didn't have him on fantasy this year, so yay me, I guess. That one's really tough because I don't know the 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 specific area of SoFi. Like, I don't. I don't think I've ever eaten over there. Um, But I do know Westchester, okay, which isn't too far. Yeah, Um, that works. You know, so in Westchester, where would I go? I would probably go to, I can't even think of a non-chain over there. I would go to the Howard Hughes Center. This okay. is a terrible recommendation, by the way. Like, <laughs> listen to anybody else about this, because this is not what you should do, like, if you want a real good bite before the game. But I would go to the Howard Hughes Center. I'd probably go to Kabuki. I love Kabuki. People hate it. I don't give a shit. It's amazing. Is it like Japanese? It's sushi, yeah. And it's not uh. like your best sushi, but it's like their rolls are really good. So go get a couple yeah, rolls like, at Kabuki. I think there's a Rubio's there, or at least there used to be. Rubio's is the, some of the best fish tacos you can get. Like, you know, I, I think I had Rubio's 
the night before my wedding or two nights before. So I, uh, you know, it's, it has a special place in my heart now. Um, yeah. Okay, so if I say I'm not gonna lie, dude, that that was like not not your best answer. So you no, know, no, it wasn't. I, it's I, my, I, it's terrible. I gave you credit. I gave you credit on Dodger Stadium, but on SoFi, I, you know, I'm sure Inglewood has amazing food. I just haven't tried it. Yeah. So. No. No. Well. Okay. So now we know where the next food crawl has to happen, but that's good. That's yes. good. We're learning. Okay. Yeah. Staple Center. Where do you go? Ooh. Uh, well. Um, hmm. You go to. Uh, well, if you want it super easy, you go to LA Live. You go to Yard House. I don't care. I don't care. Okay. That that's the chain. <laughs> I love Yard House. Okay. There's also a new. Uh, what what just opened over there? Oh my god, it's so good. I gotta think about it. Something just just opened there recently, and it's really good. Um, okay. So you either go to Yard House or the place that just opened. Yeah. <laughs> Super helpful. I would go to, I would probably go to Grand Central Market. Okay. I like that. You know, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not too like far. It, not too far. It's a bit of like 20 minute walk. But if, if you gave wax paper as your Dodger Stadium answer, we can allow Grand Central Market. Yeah. The problem, I mean, the problem is parking downtown. But yeah, I'd probably go over there and get, for the win. I haven't tried that one yet. Those like, uh, what's, what's really good there. Those pupusas are really good there. Yep. Cerritas. Yep. Cerritas. Uh, good Filipino place. Sorry. Sorry. Stores there. Mm. Um, and, uh, they're opening a Villa's tacos there now. Oh, okay. Well, that's really exciting. Oh, and they also have a ghost sando there, which I, they do. I really love as well. So yeah, that's probably, that's like the best thing I can think of, which I, I admit is probably a B a B rating because there's got to be something closer. I just can't think of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say you're at, you're at a for Dodger stadium. You're mm-hmm. at like a D minus for SoFi stadium. Okay. That's, that's a little low, but they're fair. <laughs> Here. I mean, honestly, like you got a D minus just by recommending food, uh, like, which is like, you know, the bare minimum. And then Staples center, you're like at, a. would say, yeah, that's like, that's probably like a B plus a minus because like, it's a bit of a cop out, but it's a good rec. So we'll allow it. It's, okay. you know, yeah, everybody, everybody's going to be happy there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So now we're going to uh, diverge a little bit from sports and that's Hollywood Bowl. Where do you go for the bowl? Oh my gosh. Okay. 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 You're at the bowl. You're at the bowl. You're going to dinner. Okay. So if I'm coming from the Valley side, yeah. um, if I wanted more of a sit down, I might go to Mercado on Coenga-ish okay. or whatever that, that street that goes through there. Um, if I wanted more of a quick bite, uh, it, I would probably go to eight ounce poke in studio city. Um, if I was coming from that side, if I was coming from the Hollywood side, uh, I think I would do, if I wanted to sit down dinner, I probably wouldn't do that. That would be, it's just a lot. That'd be too much. Um, and if I wanted a quick bite, I probably would go to Thai town mm-hmm. and, um, honestly, you, you put a blindfold, turn around like this and point at a place and it's going to have good food. I like this rec. I like that. I'm going to give you an A on this one. I, I think you really went above and beyond with the taking directions into account. You got mm-hmm. weird with it. Um, you weren't too good for any one place in Thai town. So you know what? I, uh, I appreciate your approach to this one. And I got to say, you're coming back. I don't know if you're going to win this game, but you're coming back. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm doing my best here. Final one, and this is a lay. This should be a layup for you. This should be okay. a layup for you. Um, All right, Honda Center in Anaheim. Ooh, sheesh. Okay. All right. Okay, Honda Center in Anaheim. This is where we're. This is what we're gonna do. Okay. 
not too far away is going to be uh, in Garden Grove, but on Harbor. So it's kind of like in the Anaheim side of Garden Grove is um, Urban Punjab. They've got great like Indian food, um, Punjabi food there. Amazing. And the owners are great. Super, super nice place. Right, like right there, basically, um, is probably King's Fish House is probably going to be your best bet for like a nicer meal. Um, They have just it's just like a nice fish house, but it's not like going to break the bank, you know, and you can get oysters like you can have a nice meal there. If they're open, uh, the trough sandwich shop, I don't really know their hours. I get breakfast burritos there. I don't know how late they serve them or what time the game's at, but that's really close and really, really good. I'm going to give you one more, I think. No, I'm not. That's going to okay. be it. All right, look, I, I was going to say this game was a roller coaster for you. You were very yeah. much, the, you were the LA Galaxy of this game, but I will yeah. say you you came back and you won it at the end because that Anaheim recommendation really took it over the top. So congratulations. By the Thank skin you. of your teeth, you won the game. Thank you. Thank you. I don't eat at stadiums very often. Well, I, I eat at stadiums. I don't eat around stadiums very often. So, yeah, yeah, no, no, this is where yeah, we you are. Know, you're doing God's work supporting uh, Aramark and the companies who make the food at stadiums. So, you know, That's somebody has I to do. do it. Daniel, thank you so much for making time for us today. Um, thank you for having in, me. In case people don't know uh, where to find you, where can they find you? I am forking around, uh, forking around.tv on Instagram, underscore TV on TikTok, because. The world isn't fair and you don't get the usernames you want. So that's what I have. And yeah, I'm on there. Say hi. What, uh, you got any fun series going on right now? I've been kind of straying away from that. I'm still kind of doing the Topanga Social Series and also the LA Breakfast Burrito Series, but they're very, very slow. Yeah. So it's mostly just eating whatever sounds good. Basically, yeah. Luckily, I've had an opportunity to eat some really great food lately. And, uh, you know, I hope it never ends. All right, everybody, go give Daniel a follow. We'll put his links in the show notes. And Daniel, thank you as always. Thank you, Luca. I appreciate it. I love being on the show. Thanks for listening to another episode of the LA Food Podcast. Thanks to our guest, Daniel Wargo, for joining us. If you like what you heard today, please go to wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating, review, subscribe. Seriously, it turns out that stuff really matters. So if you could take a moment and say something nice about us, I would be forever grateful. We'll be back with another episode next week. But in the meantime, if you're looking for me, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and threads at the LA Countdown. That's T-H-E. L-A-C-O-U-N-T-D-O-W-N. You can also find us on Instagram at LA Food Pod. That's L-A-F-O-O-D-P-O-D.